0: baseball size hail. How about that?
1: Very large tornado. This thing's accelerating. We got to go. Yep, let's go.
2: Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vitrano At
0: 612, that's a conversation so many of us have had. You or a loved one has been told you have cancer. You probably never forget the range of emotions as you heard that news. Candace Strong is director of an operation called Trisha's Troops. They provide support for people recently diagnosed with cancer for their families as well. And Candace is sharing her story and that experience of learning about a loved one with, our, with uh, WTMJ Conversations and Libby Collins. We were at their house for a Sunday dinner. At that point, she was very sick. She would stay in her room, got the phone call, and she closed the door with her husband in there, and we could hear through the door that we knew something was not good. She was 35, and at that time, I believe it was 50, to be able to be covered for a colonoscopy, so she had not received one. And once it became more of a diagnostic type of situation, she had gone in for the colonoscopy, and they couldn't even do it because she was so sick you know, when she opened the door, she said, there's spots on my liver and my lungs. She was colon cancer. So it had spread to her liver and her lungs. And I said, what does this mean? And she goes, it means I'm in for a hell of a fight. So why I like groups like uh, Trisha's Troops and a little bit more, I'm on their website here, a nonprofit organization. We provide financial assistance, service coordination, and supportive care to cancer patients throughout Southeast Wisconsin. We focus on daily living challenges and and out-of-pocket expenses that become a burden for many families during treatment. We lost my father-in-law to, much like the story being shared here, what started as colon cancer and then had spread and spread and spread. And one of the gaps in, I know, for our family was what do we do now? Like who's supporting us? Not we're at the hospital. We know he's receiving care at the hospital. What about like all the other stuff? Your whole life is thrown upside down and uh, how can we coordinate our care? How can we coordinate counseling? How can we coordinate the other things? And that was just a gap there. So to see these organizations like Trisha's Troops stepping up and helping people through that process is a wonderful thing. Libby Collins talks with Candice about her sister's battle and help for others on WTMJ's conversation Sunday morning at 11 a.m.
2: Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. With a record of 14 and 5, the Milwaukee Brewers are tied for the second best record in all of baseball. And the key contributor in their early season success is just getting back to having some fun on the field.
3: You guys are playing so well together and playing together and having a ton of fun. You can see it every time they put that cheese hat on or just interacting, you know, when they're going up to the plate or uh, or on the field everywhere. It's just been a ton of fun to watch this team.
2: Brewer Senior VP and President of Baseball Operations Matt Arnold joined us here on Wisconsin's Morning News Thursday. The Brewers are dealing with some key injuries, however. Outfielder Garrett Mitchell is on the 10-day injured list with a shoulder issue, and All-Star pitcher Brandon Woodruff is also on the 15-day injured list with a shoulder issue of his own. The Brewers are back home tonight. They begin a, begin a nine-game homestand Beginning with the Boston Red Sox, Freddie Peralta is expected to get the start. You can tune into full coverage right here on WTMJ beginning at 6.35. Over to the NBA, where the series is tied at a game apiece. The Bucks and Heat travel to Miami for games three and four. Giannis will travel with the team, but it is unclear if he will suit up and play on Saturday night for game three. Coach Bud, though, he knows the game plan for game two needs to be replicated in order to win game three on the road with or without his MVP. We just want to go compete and play. Um, we got to do the same thing again um, going into game three. It's a competitive group. It's a high character group. Now we got to go on the road and have, uh, have what we had tonight, have an edge, play with force, compete, no matter who plays. Game three for Bucks and Heat is Saturday at with a tip time of 630. Other scores, real quick around the league on Thursday night. Philly takes care of Brooklyn, 102-97. They go up three games to none in that series. The Suns defeated the LA Clippers 129 to 124 to grab the two two to one series lead. And the Warriors, without Draymond Green, who is serving a one-game suspension, they win at home 114 to 97. That series now sitting. At two games to one as well. Coming up, we'll talk live with ABC's Karen
0: Travers at the White House. President Joe Biden expected to officially announce his run and a battle, meanwhile, going on over the debt ceiling. Why anyone should care about that? That's next. And at 622 this morning, we just want to get you up to date on a couple of important stories out of Washington. It is expected that President Joe Biden will officially announce a re-election bid, perhaps as early as next week. But meanwhile, he's fighting with Republicans over the debt ceiling and a maverick member of his own party. ABC's Karen Travers at the White House this morning. Morning, Karen. Good morning. Hey, let's start with that. Democratic Senator Joe Manchin out of West Virginia. Mm -hmm. Not so politely calling on President Biden to to negotiate with Republican House mm-hmm. Speaker Kevin McCarthy on the debt limit proposal.
3: Yeah, he was really critical yesterday uh, for the fact that the president is not negotiating with Kevin McCarthy on the debt limit. He called it a deficiency in leadership and you know this has been a position of Kevin or the president when it comes to Kevin McCarthy and the debt ceiling for months now and the White House is not budging on this and frankly you know a, a statement from Joe Manchin is not gonna move the White House an inch and that was pretty clear yesterday when there were questions to White House Press Secretary Karine Jean Pierre on this she said you know yes we heard what Joe Manchin said but we have a strong and production productive relationship with Joe Manchin but then also said, you know, that in their view, the way to have a negotiation on this whole issue, the budget and the debt ceiling, is for House Republicans to take the threat of default off the table. Because the White House, you know, you and I have likely talked about this over the past couple of months. They want these two conversations to be separate. The president wants to talk to Kevin McCarthy about raising the debt limit as one thing, and then have a conversation about spending cuts. But what we saw from Kevin McCarthy this week was a bill that does both things at the same time, and that is just a non-starter for the White House. Because they say, you know, you've got to raise the debt ceiling. There's a risk of default coming up in just about a month and a half. And that is putting the economy in jeopardy. And it is too risky to mess around with right now. And what Manchin was saying is, you know, that's just not a tenable position at this point. You've got to get to the negotiating table. And uh, that's what leadership does.
0: We're talking with Karen Travers at the White House this morning from ABC News. You know what's interesting, though? What The, the only mm-hmm. thing I see that moves the needle in Washington, Karen, and you know this, is like overwhelming <laughs> public pressure. And the yeah. debt limit is just not a sexy thing for voters, for the American people to talk about it. Most of us don't yeah. even understand it. And even as a news person, when I hear debt limit, debt ceiling, whatever, I, I like kind of gloss over.
3: Yeah, and, and it, this is a—I'm going to like really— Overly simplify, and this is not a great comparison. So forgive me, but like this is okay, but the way we we you know do it. So in early summer, this is when the Treasury Department says that the government's going to hit that borrowing limit. And again, this is not a perfect comparison, but just to make it as close to, it's like you hit your credit limit, right? And you know you've you've already spent things, you've already put stuff on the credit card. You have to pay it, but you're hitting that limit, and the government is getting close to that limit. So what the government can do is raise that. Limit. And that's what they keep doing all these times with these pieces of legislation. And if they don't do it, they're going to hit that magic number uh, in early summer. And what Congress has to do is pass a bill to send to the president to make that number higher. The president can't do it himself. And what Kevin McCarthy has put forward this week is legislation that would raise the death limit number, but also scale back federal funding. It would also set limits to federal uh, discretionary spending, the percentage limits. The president says, I'll have a conversation about that second part, but it can't be all at the same time. We just have to deal with the debt limit because we are careening toward that default. And that is just too risky for the economy. This could mean higher interest rates. It could mean a lot of big problems uh, for the government if they can't pay on its debts. And that is just too risky right now to play around with.
4: Karen, all this is coming too with the backdrop of President Biden seemingly mm-hmm. hinting towards this announcement to say he's going to run for reelection. What do we know about these Tuesday plans?
3: Yeah, so his political team has told allies that it's ready to announce a run for re-election as soon as next week. Tuesday is seen as a likely target date. There's sentimental value to that date. It's the four-year anniversary of when the president announced that he was running in the 2020 election. Uh, So there is some meaning to it. And we know that this is a president that really likes meaning and dates that have significance. Democratic donors have been invited to Washington, D.C. for strategy sessions that are planned for at the end of next week. The White House, no surprise, is not commenting on this. They are always very clear and careful to separate politics from the official business and said any announcements would not be coming from the White House. Now, the president has often said, even as recently as like 11 days ago, He plans to run for re-election, but he has not said when the official announcement would take place. There's some people who say, wait a while. There's no reason to announce just yet, because once you do, then it's go time. Then you are officially a candidate. Others who say, get started, get the fundraising going. You know, people are ready to jump in to start the process for you. Let's get this underway.
0: ABC's Karen Travers at the White House. Thanks, Karen. Always good to have you on the show. Have a great weekend. Here on WTMJ, multitasking is not only like a preferred attribute, but like you have to be able to do it. Necessary. Got to be able to talk and listen at the same time. Got to be able to click on this and do that and still engage with all of you who are listening and all those things. But in your personal relationships, multitasking is generally frowned upon, right? Yes. You're talking with someone you're supposed to be talking to them. Yeah. Guilty
4: as charged. (laughs) Me
0: too. And I... I did like a terrible thing to one of our teammates right here, voice you know and love. Greg Matzik and I are talking in the newsroom the other day. And it was actually, Greg was giving me a compliment about something that I was working on. And he was saying he was happy and pleased to hear it. And we're having a really nice conversation. And he and I, you know, we cross paths. But, you know, in your busy part, when you're different day parts, Mm -hmm. don't always have a chance to catch up. So I'm catching up with my friend and my teammate, Greg Matzik. And in the middle of the conversation, he's talking. Talking to me. We're engaged in conversation. I pick up my phone and I started texting someone. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know yeah. why. I don't, it wasn't that I wasn't interested in what he was talking about. And I just I picked it up and I start doing this. And he says, Well, all right, I guess we're done here. <laughs> he
4: goes. Very passive aggressive. And, and I, like I look at I said,
0: Man, I'm so sorry. I'm like, that's terrible. He's like, No, you're busy or whatever. I'm like, no, we were talking. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to keep listening to you and for whatever reason just phased out, grabbed the phone, doing something else. It's a a disease. It's a disease.
4: It is. I think it's because everything is so available at your fingertips that you don't even think about doing it whatsoever. And I also think that in today's world, you're not frowned upon necessarily for doing one thing and one thing only, but there is this sense of, well, you got it. You might as well do it. I think that's very pervasive in the work from home idea where it's, well, um, it's here. I might as well answer yeah. the email. I think that's what we do with the phones. I am very guilty of it, too. I did it last night at home, actually. So
0: How'd that go over? Pretty well. I got,
4: you know, my hand slapped a little yeah, bit. Yeah, right. But I deserve it. But you deserve it.
0: But you yeah, And you deserve it. And you take it. I think you have to know yourself. And if you are inclined to do that, you know, I've taken to physically removing the phone from my reach mm-hmm. or doing other things. You got to be conscious about it. I might just be losing my mind, though. I, made, I Are you a list maker? Oh, yeah. Big checklist. Like I have like list of, six of them. Yeah, because I like to go through thing by thing mm-hmm. and then cross things off the list. Mercure's like that, too. Mm-hmm. He's a list guy. So I got my list going yesterday, but I'm losing my mind. I think it's probably the sleep deprivation and whatever else. Talk to Greg was not on the list. Talk to Greg was not on the list. <laughs> so that's why he got interrupted, I suppose. <laughs> I had a thing on my list. I'd written it probably not 20 minutes before. And I wrote on my list of, of things to do or things I wanted to check on one more time. That wasn't self-motivation or anything like that? I don't know. It was was something, it it applied to something that I thought I needed to do, a task I needed to perform. And I'm going through my list now, crossing this off, up next, and I see one more time. And I have no idea what that was
4: about. Still no idea. Still no idea. (laughs) All right, you should just keep putting it on every day's list. One more time. (laughs) Until one day it'll click.
0: Well, whatever it was, it didn't get done yesterday. 644 on Wisconsin's Morning News.
2: Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's one call. That's all sports desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Tied at a game apiece. The Bucks and Heat opening round playoff series now moves to Miami for games three and four. Game three will be played on Saturday night with a tip time of 6:30. You can listen to that game right here on WTMJ. Giannis will travel with the team, but it is still unclear if he will suit up and play. The Milwaukee Brewers will look to extend their four-game winning streak as they welcome in Boston tonight to begin a nine-game homestand. The 14-5 Brewers will roll out with Freddy Peralta tonight as a starting pitcher. That first pitch is scheduled for 7-10. You can tune in right here, of course, on WTMJ beginning at 6-35. And lastly, the Oakland A's. They could become the Las Vegas A's. The organization has signed a binding agreement to purchase land near the Las Vegas Strip where they intend to construct a new Major League ballpark. The hope there is to break ground on a new stadium next year, and the A's, they could move in as early as 2027. It's time for extra points. A sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's morning news. Here's Brendan Snide. The Marky Bucks are two games into their hopeful long play- postseason run, but before that even began, they won an NBA-best 58 games this season, earning them the top overall seed. Let me be very clear before we get into the nitty-gritty here of what this extra points is going to be about. The only goal of this season, if you're a Bucks fan, is to win a second title in three years. I am very, very well aware of that, trust me. However, with all of that being said, ask yourself this. How does a team with the best record, the best player, and arguably the best coach not win a single regular season award? And I know. Who cares about the regular season awards, right? It's all about titles. Sure. But if you ask the players, they care, which rightfully so. Some of it has to do with ma- making some money. Bobby Portis, we're going to go down the list here. Bobby Portis, who finished first in rebound percentage and fifth in the league in offensive rating, should have won the six-man-of-the-year award. He instead finished, not first, of course, not second, but third in voting as Boston's and former Buck Malcolm Brogan took home the hardware. Let's go next. Brooke Lopez, who averaged two and a half blocks per game and was by far the most consistent defender all season for the league's top-rated defense, lost the award to Jaron Jackson of the Memphis Grizzlies. Giannis, who I think we can all agree, we already know, he's the world's best player. And if you watched Joel Embiid of the Sixers last night flop all over the field, excuse me, all over the court, he is not my MVP, but he's going to win it. However, Giannis won't, and he may not even finish in the top two. And last, but certainly never least, head coach Mike Boonholzer, who more than any other coach this season has had to deal with more injuries with Middleton and Giannis missing a combined total of 68 games this year. He received, wait for it, zero first-place votes. Zero. Look, I am not upset the number one team in the league will walk away from their incredible season with zero awards. I just think it's plain out disrespectful, but – If any other team not named Milwaukee finished with the best overall record, I think we, unfortunately, see some different results.
0: Do you remember the movie Twister, right? It's about those, and they're making another one, I think. Twister 2. There's a trailer out for Twister 2. Still spinning. (laughs) Still spinning after all these years. Twister is about storm chasers, and these are scientists who basically get in the way of tornadoes on purpose, and they do research. I want you to listen closely here. This is that happening for real, and it's a local student whose voice you hear on this video.
1: Holy cow. Okay, I think we should maybe go. This is a, this is a very large tornado. It's east, or northeast. This thing's accelerating, a little north of east. Gonna, we gotta go. We gotta go. go. Yep, let's go.
0: Yep, yeah, let's go, and if you see the video, You would agree. It was time to go. Greendale High School graduate Andrew Muir, and he's a sophomore at Oklahoma University. And this being Tornado and Severe Weather Awareness Week, I wanted to share some thoughts on what Andrew and people who study the weather are doing to learn about tornadoes so that we can ultimately better predict them and stay safe. It really started, and a lot of people in the
1: meteorology community have this sort of kind of an origin story. Now, not everybody does, (laughs) but I'm one of those people who do. And... I believe it was when I was four. There's actually an EF3, so a strong tornado up in northeast Wisconsin that went right through Menominee County, where it's heavily forested. And you can still see the scar from that tornado to this day on satellite imagery, if you look on Google Maps. And uh, there were tornado warnings in the Milwaukee area that day. And I remember just seeing tornado warnings on TV and you know nothing happened in Greendale. But after that moment, I think I was just
0: hooked. So you're a sophomore at Oklahoma, which is if you want to study meteorology. That's the place, right?
1: Yes, that is the place to be, um, especially for what I'm interested in, um, severe storms and tornadoes. It's, it's at the center of Tornado Alley, basically. So, so you've got to be storm
0: chasing, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. All that's right, what, what have done. you seen? Like how many? How many big twisters? So um, I, I've seen six tornadoes. But they, they build them different down there, don't they?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I've seen, the biggest one I've seen is about a mile wide, and it was... Wow. It was a pretty crazy experience in there. I was actually two on the ground at the same
0: time. Is storm chasing as chaotic as it looks sometimes? Because there's, so first of all, there are people like you who are students of meteorology, and I assume you know a little bit about what you're yeah, doing and where right. to be. Yeah. Then you got some clown like me who's like, yeah, dude, I would go down there and do that, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, it's chaotic. But if you can take the distractions out of it, it becomes a lot safer. Especially if you're affiliated with research, right? That's safer than doing it recreationally. Mm-hmm. But if you have someone who can sort of do the navigation for you, kind of look at what's happening with the storm. Uh, so if you have maybe multiple people in the car, it, it can kind of take some of the chaos out of it. I mean, you're right there. You know, you there's and tons of
0: other people though, right?
1: Or are you. <sighs> Are you guys on top of each other or no? It depends. If you're in Oklahoma in May and there's a high risk day, there will be literally thousands of people on gravel roads that have probably never seen that many cars in their (laughs) lifetimes. But in some cases, like when we're doing research, you're very close to the tornado. Even, you know, most storm chasers know not to get that close. Uh, So it's... You typically get a bit more space when you're really, really up there in the nitty-gritty of things.
0: Well, you were really, really up there in the nitty-gritty. Was that last
1: spring when you got in the crash? So this was in West Texas, and it was after a really bad drought, Uh, There hadn't been rain in a long time, so the roads were covered with oil and sort of just dust and whatnot, and as soon as you get a little bit of rain on there, the surface becomes really slippery. We hydroplaned, went off the road, and basically took a tumble.
0: But you had a specially designed vehicle that saved you, right? The
1: vehicle has what's known as a hail cage on it, which is uh, basically designed to, first and foremost, protect the vehicle from baseball-sized hail uh, so that the driver isn't getting their windshield blown out. But more importantly, as we found out, that sort of reinforcement is is attached to the frame of the vehicle, so it kind of holds the frame together. Yeah. a bit. So when we rolled, it was able to absorb most of the shock.
0: Oh, everybody was okay;
1: not a scratch. Actually, wow. the only scratch that one of us had was when we got
0: out of the vehicle. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. suppose. So no problem going back in storm chasing. You're ready to go.
1: Yeah, honestly, yeah. I. You have to accept the inherent danger that there is. You know, we cannot. You know that's just how it is, right? But long term, I plan on continuing my studies and continuing to do research. I'm really focused in research. Maybe one day end up as a professor somewhere. You know, don't have it all figured out. But so I'm not going
0: to see you on TV. You're not TV weatherman guy. <laughs> Most likely not. But hey, I have not ruled out. I mean, you're a nice-looking guy. I think you do a great job. <laughs> I appreciate job, it. right? <laughs> It's Andrew Muir, Greendale High School graduate, studying meteorology at Oklahoma University. Really bright young man. And for those of you who've been watching us on our video live stream. Greg Pancake Hill, our producer, has put up some of the videos that uh, Andrew shared with me from his storm chasing. And if you want to see that as well, we can have him send that to you. Old National Bank talking and text line is 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. 855-616-1620. If you text the word TWISTER, we'll send you a couple of these videos that have some of the amazing tornadoes that this cat has seen down there.
4: He took it all in stride there. The, uh, the near-death
0: experiences. Just, yeah, well, you know. We were okay. How about him saying there can be on a on an active weather day in Tornado Alley, thousands of people out there trying to get a glimpse, and some of them are trained to know what they're doing, and they have the radar and they know where to go, like Drew and his crew here, and then some of them are just clowns like me. We're like, yeah, I want to see a tornado. Yeah, I was gonna say, were you or
4: (laughs) a a, a weather guy yourself, a a kid always interested?
0: Yeah, okay. And I would go. I would just, uh, but I'd rather ride with these guys. Because yeah, A, they're, you're more likely to the find whatnot. them with them. And then B, they're more likely to keep you safe. And be safe when you find it, yeah. yeah baseball size hail. How about that?
1: Very large tornado. This thing's accelerating. We got to go. Yep, let's go.